Hi, I'm David Crow, and this is episode 260 of The Infectious Myth. Email me at david.crow at theinfectiousmyth.com, crow with an E. Like our page and respond to postings at facebook.com slash theinfectiousmyth. And join our discussion group at facebook.com slash group slash theinfectiousmyth. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at infectiousmyth. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time on prn.fm, or subscribe using iTunes or a similar program. You can listen to any of the last five episodes by dialing the U.S. number 701-719-0990. Just follow the instructions. PRN.FM has voicemail. Call 862-800-6805. Indicate that the message is for the infectious myth. And leave your name, just your first name if you feel like it. If you dial either of these numbers, long-distance charges may apply. I don't know that you're a listener until I hear from you, so please send me a message letting me know how you stay in touch with the show and what you like about it. Thanks to the new donors. I'll, I'll thank the new Patreon donors in July after I get the report from Patreon. Uh, you can make a one-time donation to the expenses of the show via PayPal using david.crow with an E at theinfectiousmyth.com, or monthly donations at patreon.com or liberapay.com, where we are also Infectious Myth, one word. We appreciate all our listeners, but if you want this show to continue to grow and improve, consider paying a small amount for the information you're gleaning, for the support you get for some non-mainstream ideas, and the challenges you get to others. Donations will be going to the podcast, but also to my alternative cancer treatment, which I hope to report on regularly. I will not be offended if you stop your Patreon donation because I cannot put as much energy into this podcast. I simply don't have it to give. But I'm going to do what I can, as long as I can, and I have hope that things will turn around and my energy will start coming back. I appreciate you commenting and suggesting guests. I appreciate your financial support as well. I also support... Uh, I also thank you for your moral support in this difficult time for me, your suggestions for treatments, um, your just best wishes, uh, lots of ideas have come to me. Um, I, I do have to say that I have so many contradictory ideas that, you know, I may not use your specific idea, but I've, I've read everybody's uh, emails and I've taken from them uh, what seems to be um, important. And now for some feedback. And yes, I've received a, a lot of feedback, as I uh, indicated. I, I can't read it all. I haven't even been able to copy it all into my feedback file. I'm just kind of overwhelmed. Andrew, by email, I just listened to your My Cancer podcast, and I was saddened and shocked. It's brave of you to be so open about it, but all your listeners and supporters will value the information you provide on your future progress. I certainly will, and at this point it goes without saying that I wish you all the very best as you face this challenge. Your head must be spinning just at the hundreds of suggestions that you have undoubtedly received already. Uh, aside, yes. Not just from specialists, both mainstream and alternative, but also many ordinary people who simply have an interest in sharing their ideas on good health. So I hope you'll forgive me for my two cents worth, but I feel I just had to mention a couple of things that I've been somewhat fascinated with lately, some of which has arisen as a consequence of COVID-related e research. 
Of course, being as widely well-read on medical topics, you're probably already aware of these, and he recommended a certain dog dewormer as a medicine, MMS, which is chlorine dioxide, and GCMAF, which is a probiotic. And I am talking to um, Marco Ruggiero, who was, um, has worked heavily on, on GCMAF. Ian, on email, thanks for your latest podcast. It was very touching. It left me quite emotional, actually, as I revisited my own experience. I like the way you're taking ownership. Your empowerment will go a long way irrespective of your choice of treatment. You're probably being bombarded with emails, so I'll keep it as brief as possible. Look at other perspectives outside of Canada, which seems to be what you're doing. And as an aside, yes, I'm talking to people outside of Canada, but you know, in reality, I can't travel outside Canada right now, and um, you know, I need to get what I'm going to get in Canada. Although things like Amazon are, are really good for delivering supplements and things like that. IV vitamin C is powerful. Iodine is important in defending against cancer. Goal setting. I, I identified with your dilemma of stopping the podcast, but maybe it can be a goal to continue. Gerson therapy, uh, which includes coffee uh, enemas. Um, and he, he says, not everybody likes this, but I'm definitely thinking about this. <clears throat> and the work of Dr. Walter Longo, who's studying the link between fasting and, and cancer. I've thought about fi fasting, but <clears throat> I have lost a lot of weight. And uh, I'm not sure that that's, that that's good right now. I think if I, if I stabilize, <clears throat> I can incorporate it um, without danger of, of getting into a dangerous weight zone. Mike, via email, I was shocked to read the title of your podcast. I've not listened to it yet, but I will do so today. Needless to say, I wish you all the luck and success possible, possible in coping with it. I'm loath to use the usual battle metaphors, and me too. Quan on email, thanks, David, for sharing your wisdom with us. Diana, I'm listening to your latest podcast. I'm sorry you're going through this. It's so crazy how much poison they pump into you to do tests, especially when your immune system is compromised. There is a group on Facebook that I belong to, and the gal that runs it is a herbalist from... New Zealand and makes beautiful organic tinctures and capsules and salves for those dealing with cancers. She uses bloodroot and three other herbs, including graviola. She also published a giant alphabetical list of 254 herbs with their uses and benefits. Every herb has its own dedicated page with pictures and detailed information. Um, she also recommends beets, uh, known to break up cancers and tumors and known to do the, so faster than the body can eliminate them. Uh, so therefore, you need to have some kind of detoxification like colon and liver cleansing. Frankincense and Gerson therapy. Problem with beets is they're very high in sugar, and I've, I'm going on a diet with no sugar. So it's not really compatible, but um, you know, maybe sometime down the road, I'll change my mind. Mitch via email. I listened with reverence and pleasant astonishment as you calmly, purposefully and with immense courage described your physical condition. I commend you for this, as it seems so rare for one to speak with such serenity when confronted bluntly with one's mortality. Mark, via LinkedIn, I'm sorry to hear about your illness. I saw all the wonderful comments on Facebook as they unfolded on the group's timeline. You have so many good friends, and no doubt they'll be able to assist and guide you. 
But like you said in your latest podcast, the choices you face are definitive. No ambiguity or backtracking. Be brave, David, as it's possibly the only clearly right attitude to take, and I feel that you have it in you. I also feel, though I'm no seer, that all will be well, and you will yet complete many a project in the future. Stay strong. Thank you for those kind words. I, I do have a lot of hope. Um, I, I was talking to um, a woman from Australia, and uh, she said, you know, don't be so sure that you can't change your mind. Not, not every, this is not like chemotherapy. Not every choice is irreversible. If I take chemotherapy, I can't go back to a time before chemotherapy. But if I, if I go on the uh, keto diet and it turns out not to be the right thing, I, I may still have time to change. Fred, I listened to your podcast episode 255, and you mentioned a Chinese study which showed 80% false positive rate for COVID among asymptomatic people. Do you have a link for that study? Thanks. I thoroughly enjoyed the show. Well, it's nice to get an email that's not about me and, and my cancer. Um, if you go to theinfectiousmyth.com, there, you know, in the links under coronavirus, there is a link for uh, the English translation of the Chinese paper showing the 80% false positive rate. And it's, it's not a long paper. It's de definitely worth reading. Well, here goes with my cancer diary. Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday, June 14th, after I talked with Marco Ruggiero the day before, I went for an appointment with an oncologist. I wasn't exactly sure why, but they, they said they were here for, with me for the journey, whether I took um, chemotherapy or not, and so I thought I'd see what else they had to offer. Um, so what they had to offer was two chemotherapy options, capacitabine or xaloda, uh, invented in 1992. It metabolizes via the liver uh, as into fluorouracil, known as 5-FU, or as oncologists like to joke, five feet under also known as Adrusil, which was invented in 1956. The um, patenting of a precursor to a drug is a common technique to extend the patent life of the drug. So you give people something that gets turned into um, a drug that's off patent, and you can make more money. What I notice is that it's metabolized via the liver. Well, my liver is a bit of a problem. Do I want to even think about taking a chemotherapy that first has to be processed by my liver before it can poison the rest of my body. It's then supposedly excreted by the kidneys. And this was supposed to be taken once a day for two weeks with a week off in a three-week cycle. And uh, an option was to get infusions of oxaliplatin or eloxetin. Um, it has side effects like numbness, tiredness, diarrhea, nausea, low blood cells, <coughs> allergic reactions, neuropathy, you know, which is, can be pain in your feet, uh, so intense that you can't walk, hearing loss, hiccups, and this sounds funny, but I, a friend told me about his wife being prescribed a drug that caused hiccups that wouldn't stop, 
and it was extremely debilitating. She couldn't sleep, she couldn't eat. It was horrible. And muscle wasting. I've already lost a lot of muscle mass. This is a platinum-based compound, like the famous cisplatin. And it says it has a very modest impact on colorectal cancer, but when used in combination with other drugs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, fluorouracil is essentially a nucleoside analog. Uracil is one of the bases found only in RNA. And uh, so it's supposed to have some magic ability to interfere with cancer cells without interfering with normal cells. But given the side effects indicate that it's interfering with normal cells, that's obviously not true. I asked um, about other things like edema, and they had no solutions. In fact, he even suggested that the diuretic I was taking probably wasn't going to do any good. Um, so all in all, it wasn't a terribly successful meeting, except that it solidified in my mind that um, there was really nothing for them to offer me. And in two days, I would go to the radiologist and see what they said. I had a conversation with uh, Tom Cowan. He recommended deuterium depleted water. Uh, water is kind of interesting because um, it's got two hydrogens, which are basically a proton and an electron. Deuterium has a proton and a neutron and an electron, so it's essentially twice the weight. And there's also tritium, um, which is radioactive and quite rare, unless it's coming out of a nuclear power plant. <coughs> um, he's also a big proponent of getting rid of EMF. Uh, turpentine, which actually is edible. It's a, a natural product from pine trees. Mistletoe. Coffee enema. Seems like everybody's talking about coffee enema, so I just ordered a kit. And after my family go home, I will uh, try to start coffee enemas. And he also talked about the potassium-sodium balance uh, being a problem. I asked him about the diets, like a, a strict vegan diet. Well, not strict vegan diet. A vegan diet with fish, which is what uh, Gary Nulls, Null and Luann Perella recommended or versus the keto diet. And he said that both could work, um, that there are multiple diets that will work. They all have some things in common, like for example, no alcohol, no sugar. Um, the vegan diets tend to have some carbs like rice, um, but they stay away from the highly refined carbs like white flour, they go to sprouted wheat bread and um, things like that. So the so-called good carbs. The keto diet, on the other hand, tries to avoid carbs, but you can't do it entirely, so you still get about 5% of your, 5% um, uh, of what you eat is, is carbs. And that night I went out um, to see some friends. They cooked supper. They were very considerate. They, they cooked um, um, uh, some meat for me without any sauces or anything, um, and uh, also some roasted vegetables and some smoked salmon and uh, uh, some fresh vegetables. So it was all really lovely. I had a pretty good appetite and I felt comfortable. And I was with friends, 
And actually, this is one of my problems with the vegetarian diet. A friend of mine told me that if I go on a vegan diet, and he was promoting it, that basically I need to become a hermit. I can't go out and eat with anybody because there's no way I can eat anybody else's food. And I won't have time to socialize. I'll be so busy making food. Whereas the keto diet is, is much simpler in many ways. Like, for example, breakfast could be an, an egg, a little bit of bacon or ham or something like that, plus um, a small amount of some non-carb vegetable like spinach or um, some onions or, or something like that. The next day, June 15th, um, I was very tired. This is one of my biggest problems, it's just being excessively tired. Um, had breakfast and went back to bed till 10 o'clock, felt better then. I received the diet from Luann Perella, so now I really have to decide which diet I want to take. Um, I ended up doing two walks in the afternoon, so that was much better. And I've noticed my afternoon energy is, is, is much better than the morning. I started going for a walk by myself, and a friend of mine who's very pregnant phoned me and said, you wanted to go for a walk? Let's go. So I, I went back, and a little while later went out again with her, and, and that was great. And her being very pregnant and me being kind of weak, we, we kept up uh, a similar pace. Uh, by now, my, my supplements were vitamin C, D, K2, and an iron supplement. My weight, interestingly enough, was as low as 104 kilos. It's now 111, and I think that's entirely water from the edema. So on June 16th again, I went out for the appointment with the, um, the radiologist with my daughter, the one who's training to be an RN. And it was quite interesting. Um, that uh, Okay, a little correction here. My appointment with the oncologist was on June 16th, so forget the June 14th. Uh, but basically, everything that I, I said um, was accurate about it. Um, they, they told me that the uh, chemotherapy, if I chose to do it, was in eight three-week cycles. So uh, um, IV of one drug for one day, that two weeks of pills, then a week off, and you repeat this eight times. That's 24 weeks. That sounds like a lot of um, chemicals. Um, I asked about my time, and it was predicted that if I took the chemo, I had two to three years. If I didn't take the chemo, I had less. But it wasn't very specific, and I kind of appreciate that because nobody can really predict the future. I, you know, given that the chemo was not going to really give me a good lifespan, just didn't seem any reason to take it. I think I have a much better chance with alternatives. And there's also more things. Like, it wasn't like I was given an array of a hundred different chemos and I could sort of customize what I was getting. It's like, okay, colorectal cancer, here's the two, here's the pill and here's the uh, IV that are recommended and that's it. You don't get any, anything. Um, one thing that the doctor did, 
do for me, he was a very nice guy, um, was to uh, print out my medical records, uh, which you know described the CAT scans, the sizes of the tumors, things like that. He recommended canceling the radiology appointment. He said, nah, it's not going to do any good. I talked to him about ethanol treatment, which is where they inject, uh, they put a needle into you and they get it into the tumor and then inject it into the tumor. He advised um, against it because it's, he said it's not effective and not for metastatic tumors. That's not what I got from medical radiologist Marco Ruggiero. Um, Anyway, on June the 17th, I'm back on track here. I apologize for the confusion with the date. Uh, and the 17th is now a Wednesday. And I had a call with Andy Kaufman that was very useful. He wondered if some of my limp swelling was due to, uh, not just due to the liver, but due to a lymph node that's restricted based on the medical records. He also recommended a coffee enema with organic coffee, MMS, chlorine dioxide, CDS, which I honestly didn't write down what that was. Um, he wanted more potassium, manganese, uh, pardon me, magnesium. Manganese is toxic. Uh, magnesium. And if you ever read about mad cow disease, you'll read about the toxicity of manganese, so don't want to go there. Magnesium, vitamin C, phosphorus, calcium, and he suggested a tablespoon a day of um, an organic molasses, which I'm going to take a note and, and make sure I get some. He also recommended a quarter cup of apple cider vinegar with a quarter to an eighth of a teaspoon of cayenne. And I make my own cayenne pepper, so I could put that in for a bit of a buzz. Um, he recommended milk thistle, which I later went out and got. With the limp swelling, he recommended uh, castor, rubbing castor oil with three drops of turpentine on the lymph nodes. Um, but the problem is we don't know if it is lymph nodes and we don't know exactly where it's coming from and they might be internal where you can't really get to them. Um, I told him I was taking Epsom salt baths to reduce the swelling and um, he, he thought that was a good idea. Some of the foods he uh, recommended were things like lobster, calf liver, ch chicken liver and shrimp but he recommended the Gerson protocol, not keto. He rec uh, recommended um, cannabis as well. I've never taken cannabis in my life, but I'm open to the idea, and he's not the first nor last person who's recommended this. And after all this, I went for a one-hour walk, including going up a hill, and uh, that, that felt just good that I could that I had the energy um, to do that. June 18th, I woke up. I had numbness in my left thumb that ran up the arm. And as I'm talking, I still have a tiny bit of this, but it seems to be something that may be completely unrelated. And it's, it's quite minor, and so 
I'm just going to ignore it, and uh, I got much bigger fish to fry right now. I had um, offered to do an interview on the coronavirus with a podcast named Alpha Vedic, and I, I went through with it, and we talked uh, mostly about the coronavirus. Um, on the phone was a doctor, who I'm afraid I can't remember his name right now, and at the end we, we talked about cancer, and he encouraged me saying that 40% of people who ignore their cancer just get past it. I don't think that's the case with me. i got to do something. But he, he did talk about some of his ideas. Um, I went to see a radiologist again with my RN, almost RN daughter in tow. A uh, very pleasant woman. She did not recommend radiation on my rectal tumor. She said it seems stable and it's not causing big problems. The liver tumors are the big problems, so why go through the, um, the danger and the uh, side effects of radiation for nothing, which I thought was a mature attitude. Um, we also talked to her about alcoholization of the tumors because that is something that radiologists do. It's not done by oncologists, even if they use chemotherapy. Sometimes instead of ethanol, they use chemotherapy to kill the tumors because I guess, you know, why use a natural product when you can use an expensive patented chemotherapy? She did not think it would work due to the size of the tumors, um, but that left open a big question, which we unfortunately didn't really think of, which is what happens if you inject ethanol into a tumor and the whole thing doesn't die? I mean, uh, mainstream doctors are always talking about shrinking the tumor. It always seems to be a good thing. So if the ethanol shrinks the tumor, then surely that would be a, a good thing. So I still want to uh, pursue this. Uh, I had asked Marco Ruggiero some more questions, and now he came back saying that we should remove the rectal tumor. He wants surgery, radiation, and chemo to get rid of the tumor because he thinks that um, if the main tumor is removed, that the metastases will you know, get signals from the main tumor and that they might shrink. It seemed much more aggressive than what I talked to him about before. Um, I have three children, two of them were in town, and they invited me over for Father's Day dinner, and they made a, a nice keto dinner of salmon with a cream sauce, no carbs, no sugar, and a regular salad with a simple dressing and some Parmesan cheese, and some roast vegetables, and it was great. Nice to be with my, uh, with two of my three children. Uh, the other one, unfortunately, is out of town. Okay, June the 19th, I uh, got right up and had an Epsom salt bath because my edema seems to be worst in the morning when I, I get up. You know, my legs have been immobile all night. I don't know if it's making a big difference, but it sure feels good. Um, I've received so many messages from people who listen to my podcasts, who've read my works on coronavirus, or who know me from other things, my battles with HIV and AIDS and all those things. I, I do really appreciate the sentiment, and I appreciate people sending me their ideas, but I kind of prefer it when it's just sent as an idea, because I get lots of emails uh, 
that you need to do this therapy. And uh, a lot of them are contradictory. Like, for example, somebody might say, you know, beets kill cancer. And then other people say, no sugar, but beets have a lot of sugar. Uh, so I appreciate the suggestions. And, I, you know, it's interesting when I see many people saying the same thing, like coffee enemas, for example. When it comes to diet, it's kind of evenly divided between uh, uh, mostly a vegan diet versus a paleo-keto diet. Um, now I'm thinking that it's my low energy rather than the edema that is most frustrating. I guess every day it changes because some days I have good energy and I still have the edema and that seems like the edema is the worst thing in the world. And uh, other days I literally don't have the energy. I'll try to go out for a walk and every time I see a park bench I, you know, I'll walk for four minutes and sit for five. I'll go for a walk and there's people who are 10 or 20 years older than me passing me by. It's never happened to me in my life before. Soon my sister, brother, mother, um, my nephew, one of my nephews, and uh, my brother-in-law are coming into town. And that's going to be a boost. I didn't get to see my mother because of COVID and she's been isolated for months. Um, I don't know what the future will bring, so this is a very important gathering. I want to get past this. My mother's 92, so when she dies at 100, or maybe more, I want to be at her funeral. My children's weddings and birth of any grandchildren, things like that. For my mother, I think it's horrible to have to bury one of your own children. On this date, I was trying to learn about the keto diet. I am preparing. I have a book on, you know, the keto diet and cancer. So I'm reading that. It doesn't have a huge amount of recipes, but I'm kind of getting the idea. Um, it's, it's not that difficult. The difficult thing is um, going to be every food that I eat, I have to measure to see what I'm getting to make sure that my <coughs> carbs and protein and fat are in balance. I need a lot of fat, but some of it is pretty good. If I have a coffee, I can whip some cream and put whipped cream on my coffee, a luxury that I usually denied myself in the past. Um, so there's, there's many things that I can do that I might need to do to get more fat into the diet. And as, like many people, I've kind of shied away from fat in the past. Uh, but now it's going to be the opposite. I'm, I'm already eating things that I, I think are keto-friendly. It's a bit of a minefield because you really have to look for hidden sugar and things like that. But I'm doing pretty good on that. So I'm sort of in the preparatory uh, phase. I've added milk thistle uh, for uh, liver. It's, a, it's a liver protective. Um, I've been drinking graviola tea. It's a tropical tree and with known anti-cancer potential. There was a scientific article that talked about a woman who just drank graviola tea. She didn't have any other treatments of any kind. And she had metastatic breast cancer, which went into remission for five years. So it seems um, like it's, it's very useful. Um, 
diuretic pills, iron supplement, shot of apple cider vinegar, Epsom salt baths, although I've been told not to do it every day and maybe every other day. Uh, want to try a massage on my legs to see if that can help with the edema. I'll be seeing a cancer-trained naturopath on Thursday. Uh, and uh, I ordered a coffee enema kit. I was not at that time drinking coffee, although now I'm uh, drinking a little bit of coffee. The keto diet allows it. And it does appear to be liver protective, not harmful. Um, and I can also sneak in a little bit of butter or cream or something into the coffee. Um, so that might be good. On uh, June 20th, my mother was here and my brother and my nephew. The rest will come out in a couple of days. So we went to a historic park in Calgary that has just reopened, partly reopened due to COVID. So it has a little village with houses which are all closed, but you can still wander around and look at the houses. And they have a large museum of vehicles from basically the first half of the 20th century. So I, I drove um, my mother and nephew to the park. My brother phoned me and said he was lost. He was walking. So we went to rescue him, we drove back, and then we walked through the museum, which was quite nice. Um, I'm not a big car buff, but it was certainly interesting, historically interesting, and uh, it was flat floors and air-conditioned, so it was easy to walk around. We then went outside, and in the hot sun, we walked up a not a very steep hill, but it was a real struggle for me to get to the top of the hill. The top of the hill is a train station with an old steam train and it has a bench so sat down plus it had a, a water fountain that worked the first one I've seen post-COVID um, and then we walked around for a bit and then went back um, went over for supper sat before supper with my daughter and other people um, went inside and sat for supper and then you know I was I felt like I was falling apart so I went home early to try to deal with the um, uh, edema. So all in all, uh, a good day. Uh, the next day was a really bad day. I had no energy in the morning. I, I had to go buy some food because I was participating in supper tonight and I'd promised to make some food. So with my nephew, I went out to some shopping to get food and some uh, other things that we needed. Um, in the um, evening, I had supper with my last child who, who came back down from northern Alberta. And uh, during supper, I started to feel a lot better, more awake. And then as soon as we got back, uh, myself and my nephew were staying together. We went for a, a better walk in the cool evening and uh, tried to go to bed later because I was just tossing and turning for three hours before I could get to sleep. I had some strange, what I'd call metaphysical dreams that I cannot explain. Um, but I, I still had a hard time getting asleep. But when I woke up on June 22nd, I, f I felt better. So let's just say that um, June 21st was a, a bad day, maybe because I'd pushed it for... Um, 
you know, pushed my energy on June the 21st, pardon me, June 20th when I went to the historic park. I feel badly that my family is here and yet I have limited time I can spend with them. Um, on the 21st, I didn't see them till the evening because I, I had to go do some shopping and some food prep, but also I just had to rest. I was, I was so tired. So I am genuinely sick um, and that's hard to get used to. I, I see signs of it. My biceps are tiny compared to what they were three months ago. The rapid loss of energy, the edema, it's all telling me that there's something wrong and I need to, you know, move forwards. By this point, I'd pretty much decided that the natural alternative was the only one for me. And so I'm, I'm uh, thinking seriously about uh, when I go to the um, naturopath on Thursday, I want to have a lot of questions. I will have a lot of questions. I already do have some. Um, so, for example, can he help with the coffee enema? Can he check the quantities of vitamins I'm taking? Do I need more nutrients or minerals? Um, what about a colonic, an infrared um, sauna? And is that good for both killing the tumors as well as the edema? Um, also want to talk about oxygen therapy. I forget what it's called, bariatric therapy or something like that. So there's a number of things I want to talk about and see what he can provide in terms of support. I'm, I'm hoping that not taking mainstream therapies is not a problem because I know some naturopaths are, provide what they call complementary therapy, which is where they provide therapy in addition to chemotherapy and radiation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but some are scared to provide outright alternative therapy um, because of the power of the cancer lobby. So I'm hoping that will not be um, a, a problem. Um, and I will have my current regimen with me in, in terms of um, uh, the milk thistle, the Lasix, the iron supplement, vitamins K2, D3, and C, the apple cider vinegar, and the graviola tea. I think that's pretty much it. And of course, the uh, keto diet that I'm getting more into. So finally, we get to June 22nd, the day that I'm taping this. I woke up rested, slept in a bit longer, made my nephew breakfast, which consisted of um, an omelet with a little bit of Gouda cheese on top with dill in it, and um, I added some parsley and some onions, and I fried up some bacon and put the crispy bacon in the omelet. So that was very good. My nephew made um, soaked flax seeds. I could barely eat the omelet portion, about a third that I reserved for myself. 
and I felt extremely tired afterwards. And this is, this is where I really clued in that it's what's happening is I'm eating too much food in the morning. It's kind of easy to eat, you know, some eggs and bacon and it goes down easily. And then I just feel exhausted. So I had to rest for a little while. I had two and a half hours of, of uh, phone calls, meetings for work afterwards. Um, after that, went for a pretty decent walk. I had much more energy by this time, so my energy had recovered. Oh, I guess after the meetings, I had a three-quarter hour nap, which really helped. W went for a walk, which was pretty good. It was in the hot sun, but we walked for um, uh, close, maybe three-quarters of an hour. Slow, but not as bad as the day before. So then I had a bit of a rest before going over again to see my family for supper. This time my daughter, who's, who's kind of close to vegetarian, uh, she eats some fish, maybe occasionally chicken, but otherwise um, vegetarian, although she also eats uh, cheese, I guess. So she made a bunch of roasted uh, peppers, um, roasted zucchini, uh, halloumi cheese, uh, there was a little bit of roasted chicken, and uh, what else was good? A couple of salads. Um, there was a lot, so I, I put quite a bit of food on my plate, and I ate about half of it, and then I realized if I ate any more, I was going to be back in trouble again. So it was, it was disappointing because what my daughter did was so uh, delicious, but I just can't indulge. But even though my stomach felt full, I still had energy. I was still mentally alert. Uh, but around 8 o'clock, I had to go home because my legs were so swollen and uncomfortable. My sister is now in town, and she's a, a pretty mainstream MD. But she did tell me about lymphatic massage, which is a special massage to kind of work the water up at your legs and out now, that might not work with my condition. It's generally designed for people with weak veins. It kind of pushes the water back up that the capillaries can't hold in place. But it's worth a try. I, she also mentioned cold water, so I had a, uh, a soak in cold water. Uh, I may have mentioned this before, but it's my groin, and you can imagine what parts of me this, this means that are very swollen, and it's almost a little bit scary. So I um, was in the bath for a while, and then I've discovered that the best way to get rid of the edema in my groin is to literally squeeze it out. I, I need to be careful considering what I'm squeezing, but it, it does work for a time, and then, of course, it all comes back. But when I was out for supper, my groin was swollen to what seemed like the max, and I, I knew I couldn't handle it any longer. And then after the bath, I lay on my bed with my legs vertical uh, to try to drain some of the fluid out of my legs. And that also seemed to make me feel a, a lot better. So that's the wrap up for this week. Next week, I will have a podcast on um, transgender issues, freedom of speech, those kinds of things, the cancel culture. Uh, so there'll be a bit of a break, but I will keep taking notes on my cancer treatment, and I may give you a brief update next week as well if there's anything exciting um, 
that happens. With my family here, there's limited time to do to get started on some of these alternatives, but as, when they're gone, um, by the end of this week, I, I will be turning my full attention to, towards this. Thank you for listening to episode 260 of The Infectious Myth. I'd also like to thank you for all the kind messages that you've put on Facebook, emails, any route possible to get me messages. Uh, also the people who have said, we're going to continue to uh, donate to your Patreon campaign because we want to support your, your voyage in this difficult area. And uh, they want to hear from me how this goes. I'm, I don't have any illusions. This may end really well or not so well, but I'm going to be honest and tell you everything that I'm doing, everything that I know. Maybe sometimes you'll think it's too much information, but I think it's important. I understand I'm not the only person going through this, and I'm blessed in that I know so many medical people from mainstream th through the most extreme alternative that there is. And so I've been getting a lot of advice that other people might not get. So if, if I'm sharing some things that help other people, um, that's great. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that the outcome at the end of this will be good. And one day I can stop talking about this. And it will become a record of, of how you get through this. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion for a future guest, please email me at david.crow at theinfectiousmyth.com, like us at facebook.com slash theinfectiousmyth, join our discussion group at facebook.com slash groups slash theinfectiousmyth, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at infectiousmyth, and I apologize if I'm not updating these sites as much as I should be. Uh, I, I'm hoping that I'll get more energy and more time and I'll be able to do more of this and find ways that I can be on the computer without my legs going crazy. Commit to monthly donations of any amount to Infectious Myth on Patreon.com or LerreraPay.com. Until next week, thank you, goodbye, and I love you all. Mm -hmm.